0: Welcome to What's Next, the podcast that delves into the exhilarating world of nonlinear careers and the art of successful pivots. Join your host, Tamira Lechner, as she explores the diverse pathways of entrepreneurial spirits who thrive while working and playing across multiple disciplines. Whether you're firmly established in your career, contemplating a change or simply seeking inspiration, these conversations with fascinating people will ignite your curiosity and inform your own journey. Tune in to discover how mindset and action plus your own secret sauce can lead to extraordinary personal and professional growth, no matter where life takes you. Welcome to What's Next, my podcast that delves into the exhilarating world of nonlinear careers and the art of successful pivots. I'm Tamara Lechner, your host and fellow nonlinear pather. One thread that has remained throughout my career is that I follow my curiosity and desire to help people be their best so they can do their best work, hopefully leaving the world a little better than I found it. Today, I want to talk about what happens when you're in the messy middle of that non-linear pathway. However you got there, whether you decided to take a leap and switch careers, whether you were laid off, let go, maybe you've had some time away for parental leave and you're coming back, or maybe you are retiring. Whatever has provoked you to be at this pivot point, something that is common to many of us is hitting a place where there's a fairly large sense of discomfort. I was speaking to one client the other day who has applied for a hundred internships. This client is just finishing their master's and they're looking for the beginning of their career. So rather than this being the messy middle, it's their messy beginning. And what I heard from this individual was a real sense of questioning Everything that had come before, did I choose the right school? Did I choose the right program? Have I done all the things I can do to set myself up for success? And then a fairly large anxiety. And this really got me thinking about the human desire to feel like their life has meaning. I was on a call through a Harvard flourishing group that I'm a member of. And Zach Mercurio was speaking about the science of mattering. And one thing I found really fascinating, Zach talked about when a baby is first born, one of the first things they do is reach out and grab for the finger of another human. And he described this as a quest for significance. Before looking for food, before looking for comfort and warmth, we are looking for connection. We are looking to matter. And when you don't have connection to meaningful work, that feeling of mattering dissipates. And this is super problematic because it can start a downward spiral of negative emotions that can lead you to believe that maybe you don't matter. Maybe you don't bring value. Uh, And so what I thought I would do today is talk a little bit about the science of mattering first so that you can hack it yourself if you are looking for work and second if you are a team leader in your work this is really relevant to how to build and sustain a great team so let's begin by understanding a little bit about what mattering is mattering at its most basic is you understanding That you are significant, and this can be described in a so that mentality about your work. So, I do X so that the company can do Y, I clean at the hospital so that patients can heal well. Why does this matter when you are disconnected from understanding how what you do? connects to the bigger picture it's super disengaging it's disconnecting it makes you feel alone we know that loneliness is a huge problem and it's quite interesting in its differences across generations so if I go back to my client who's a young guy under 35 we know right now that more than 70% of people under 35 are lonely Why does this matter to you if you're career pivoting? Because you're probably looking for the others like you. You wanna feel as though you've found the people who are on the same path, who see how you can contribute. And that loneliness is what drives you to keep going even when you've submitted your 101st resume with no response from the hiring agency or the hiring manager. What's interesting about this is if we pivot around and look at leaders, people over 35, this could be your manager. This could be the CEO of your company, the founder of your startup. They are only lonely at about 35%. So they really don't have, they don't have a clear sense of how lonely their workers are. And therefore they're probably not doing anything to manage this feeling of loneliness. Now, interestingly, we know that difficult employees, the ones that maybe you've worked with a difficult employee or maybe you've been a difficult employee, often the people who a manager would describe as a difficult employee is somebody who doesn't feel like they matter. In absence of feeling seen, heard, valued, and acknowledged, People can become difficult. They can present as difficult. 65% of us feel lonely. 65% of us feel unappreciated. And 47% of us feel that the things we do to contribute at work have gotten unnoticed, which means leaders and managers aren't doing a great job of building up their teams. So, what can you do personally? To help yourself when you don't have a leader manager when you're in between things you need to notice pay attention to the ebbs and flows of your life and really acknowledge when things are hard when you're struggling and i'm going to talk about struggling again in a second then you need to affirm that this is a common situation. You are not alone. You are not the only person looking for a job. You are not the only person who's been let go. You are not the only person who has had a loss, who, who feels ill at ease, who feels unwanted, unneeded, unsuccessful. And then from there, looking for the places that need the skills and strengths that you have and talking about those in your cover letter, in your resume, super helpful to finding your what's next. Shifting gears a bit, I'm gonna talk about the 580s and the 580s, um, first of all, I have to tell you a story. I have a deer in my front yard, a deer like an animal deer, a deer, Bambi. And in Victoria, BC, where I live, we have a overabundance of deer and they tried to sterilize them. The ones who had been sterilized, the females, We're given tags on their ears and we have a deer that lives in our front yard whose tags say 80. So we call her 80 and 80 has had a lot of children. So her sterilization clearly didn't work. We've seen her raise quite a few babies over time. Anyways, whenever I think of the 580s, I think of 80 in my front yard. So let me tell you about what these 580s are. And this is about struggling. This is about that messy middle. So 80% of us say that we can see when a colleague, a friend, a coworker, a boss is struggling. But interestingly, that same number, 80% of us say that we are not seen when we are struggling, that the others around us don't notice. 80% of us don't let people know that we are struggling. We don't talk about it. We don't bring it up. We think that that doesn't belong In this conversation, in this relationship, 80% of us wish they could be more open about the struggles. So it's a weird dichotomy that we don't feel like we can talk to anybody and we wish we feel like we could talk to somebody. And then finally, 80% of us don't feel confident that we have the skills to talk to someone who we know is struggling. So why does this matter when you're in the messy middle reaching for help can seem really hard one of the things I often advise clients to do who are feeling really stuck is to actually help somebody else figure out something that you've done right that you can share with other people figure something that is working for you that you can pass along so I'm gonna do that right now I found, for those of you who are job hunting, I found a very cool website that helps with your resume building. What it does is it allows you to customize very easily what your resume is going to look like based on the role that you're applying for. Um, And so I am going to recommend to anybody who is struggling with a job search, that they consider trying this really cool new site. It's called tealhq.com. I think the actual website is App.TealT.E.A.L.H.Q.com. And the reason I'm recommending this is I have heard so many people who are in this messy middle complaining that they need a different resume for each role, but the time it takes feels really overwhelming when they don't get a response. Communication is a giving and a receiving, and often when you're job hunting, you feel like you're not getting any responses. So this tool allows you to have a template. For example, from my resume, I'm multi-passionate, and sometimes I work with educators, sometimes I work in an organizational space. If I'm talking about a contribution that I have made. In one case, it really helps me to say I worked with a 1,000 educators from 200 schools representing 30 countries. Someplace else, it's going to make more sense for me to say I helped organizations in 30 countries with a culture change transformation. Both of these things are talking about the exact same situation, but an organizational hiring team going to see the culture transformation and not be interested in the educators the schools but every time having to change this in my resume takes a lot of time when you go into tlhq you can have both versions and you can just turn one on and turn one off you can actually have master versions of your resume that talk about your different passions my daughter is a screenwriter and a music producer and having a resume for both is challenging because there's a lot of overlap. She can have a template that is her music producer template, and then she can have a second one that is her screenwriting or showrunning version. So this is, I'm not getting paid by TLHQ, but I super recommend this as a tool for those of you in the messy middle. Now, this is another one of my mini episodes. And so I want to go back and just talk one more time about mattering. Knowing that when you lose your sense of connection to something that matters, it's hard. Uh, It is an emotional burden that stays with you. It can cause sleeplessness. It can cause you uh, to ruminate. It can cause a negative downward spiral of emotions. And so I wanna recommend that you really do some work to Take care of yourself if this is the situation that you're in. And I'm not going to say self-care because that is an overused buzzword and we know that self-care feels like you're in a vacuum by yourself. I'm going to encourage you to get out with others. So do whatever you can to connect socially, whether it's a book club, whether it's a writer's group, whether it's a yoga class. Anything you can do that puts you together with other humans is going to help. Second off, notice the way you're talking about the messy middle of your pivot. Are the words that you're choosing positive, uplifting, inspiring, or are they negative? Are you talking more about what you don't know and what you don't have, and who's not getting back to you? This, again, matters energetically. What you focus on gets bigger. So move towards what you want. You've probably heard people say, behave as though you have the job you want. This is where this comes into play. And it can feel a little bit weird. Um, I know I have one client who works from home. She is a um, a writer. She ghost writes for some pretty famous humans. And she can do this in her pajamas, in her bed if she wants. But she gets up in the morning and she puts on a suit. And she does her morning commute, which means she walks out of her home, to the local coffee shop, gets her coffee, and walks back to her home, coming in a different door, which takes her to her office. And that is her transition to work. I'm gonna encourage you to do this as well, to behave as though you are doing what you wanna do. Again, my daughter, the writer, said to me just the other day, it's amazing in LA the number of people who say they are TV writers and they haven't written a thing. If you truly are a TV writer, you are writing every day. Behave as though you have the job you want. Finally, around regulating your nervous system, your anxiety, your stress, uh, those negative emotions that can creep up on you. Breath work is super helpful. Play with square breathing. Check out the physiological sigh. You can do a double oxygenating breath. All of these you can Google on YouTube um, and they can help. To calm or energize, get outside. Nature is healing. Spend time, I would recommend 45 minutes to an hour every day out in nature. And if you can be moving your body, walking, even better. Physical exercise is also a huge benefit to you right now, it really will help calm that nervous system. And prime you to be ready. If you've ever seen Tony Robbins, um, the I am not your guru Netflix Tony Robbins guy, the motivational speaker, he physically primes his body every day before doing his work. He did this when he was nobody, nobody knew who Tony Robbins was, and he still does this to this day. You can Google how Tony Robbins primes his body physically. Do this every day. It will absolutely help you. I know this hasn't given you the job you want. I know this hasn't magically changed your world. But I do hope that by tuning into this mini episode about mattering and managing the messy middle, that you've grabbed one or two things that might help along the way. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I have many more of these strategies that I'm happy to share Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember, the next chapter of your story is on the horizon. It is ready to unfold. It is inevitable, but enjoying it is all up to you.